I feel the presence of the Lord here today in such a great way. I'm glad to be here today where I know that the presence of the Lord is and where God has met us. We are so blessed. And let us not ever take it for granted that God would come where two or three are gathered together in His name. What a wonderful miracle it is that the God of glory would come down among us. Who are we? Who am I that God would come meet me here today? But He did. And I'm glad about it. And I lift you up, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to be preaching today through it all. It's my message. I am going to just kind of follow the Lord as He leads me. I I really... I just wrote down... I have some scriptures. I have a couple things I want to say. But today's one of those days I'm trusting the Lord to just kind of direct me in this service. I feel His presence here. I know He's going to help us. If you're ready to receive from the Lord today, would you say Amen. Amen. We're going to let nursery be dismissed at this time. As If there's any more that are heading out, why don't you turn around, shake somebody's hand, tell them how glad you are that they're here today at church worshiping with you. Would you do that? Zechariah 4 and 10. Brother Brad, if you would help me make sure the computer and the, uh, the other stuff is muted up there. Thank you. Zechariah 4 and 10 and Philippians 4 and 10 is where I'll be going to. Let's read from Zechariah first. The Bible says, For who hath despised the day of small things? Would everybody say small things? For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 10, going through verse 12. The Bible says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful but lacked opportunity. Paul said, I am rejoicing greatly in God, that here recently you have been able to take care of me again as I'm on my missionary journeys and traveling. You're able to help uh, finance those. He says you were careful in those things. You wanted to do it uh, before, but you lacked the opportunity. You did not have it to give, but now uh, I'm thanking God that you're able to give to the work of the Lord again. Verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, Paul said, I'm thanking you, but now don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying, this isn't a pity party. I'm not speaking in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Isn't that amazing that Paul said, I am instructed. The Lord has instructed me to be full and to be hungry. God's told me I'm going to abound and there's going to be times I'm going to suffer need. But through all of those things, through it all, 
Paul said, I learned to trust in Jesus. Amen. I'm preaching to you today through it all. Lift your hands one more time. Ask God to bless the preaching of His Word. We bless you, Lord. We thank you. We glorify you for all that you have done already in this service and what you are going to continue to do. We give you great praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Give us ears to hear and hearts to understand what your Spirit says to the church today, Lord. For that, we will worship and honor you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you are a guest here today at Sanctuary Church, we are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us. You have blessed us by being here, and we're thankful for all of our guests. Can we give our guests a hand this morning? I think it is amazing that the Lord would speak through the prophet Zechariah, and he would and he would speak to the church, and he would tell us, I want you to be very careful of something. I want you to be careful that you do not despise the day of small things. Don't ever look at your day of small things and think that this is some kind of limited uh, opportunity for God to do a work in my life. It is not ever the case that you are ever in so small of a place that God cannot work for you and that God cannot minister to you. Don't you ever get to thinking that you don't have enough for God to take care of the things that you have need of. He is able to take care of anything that any of us have need of at any given time. I'd like to remind you this morning about a widow woman who came to the prophet Elisha and she said, you've got to do something to help me because the creditor is called and he's going to come take my two sons because my husband has died and I don't have enough to pay him the money that he's owed and our law says that he can take my children as slaves in return of the payment. And I don't know what I'm going to do about this, but all I know is I don't want to lose my kids to this creditor. And Elisha asked her, he said, Will you tell me something? What do you have in your house? She said, I've only got a little cruise of oil. I've just got a little bit of oil. I don't even have enough oil to really tell you about, but, but if you're asking me what I've got, that's the only thing i got, and there's not much of it. And Elisha told her, he said, I want you to go out. I want you to borrow vessels, not a few. You get as many vessels as you possibly can. You get them from everywhere that you possibly can. Bring those vessels into your house. Send your boys out to get as many as they can. And while they're bringing them in, I want you to be pouring oil from your little cruise into all of those other vessels. And you begin to pour. And so she did that. She began to pour from her cruise of oil into the vessels that they were bringing her. All the way till they came and said, There is no more vessels for us to bring to you, mother. We've borrowed as many as we possibly can. And in all of that, her cruise of oil never ran out. In all of that, she never had to go and say, Prophet, could you ask the Lord to send some more oil? Because I'm running out. No, God had taken what she had. And he had made it to be more than enough. She sold the oil. She paid the creditor. God came through. 
God came through. And so I want to tell you today, don't you dare despise the day of small things. Don't you ever get to looking around and saying, well, I don't have as much as that person has. And I don't have what this person has. I don't have the money that they have. I don't have the job that they have. I don't have the family situation that they've got. I don't have the the other situation that they've got. Don't you dare get to comparing what you don't have with what somebody else does have because you need to be convinced of the fact that we serve a God who's able to take small things and He's able to bring small things to a place where it increases. I'd like to preach to you today about a God who divides loaves and fishes. I'd like to preach to you today about a God who took another widow woman and He said, I'm going to make sure that the, the meal that you have never runs out through the famine. You're going to have all that you need to take care of yourself, your son, and the prophet of the Lord. I'd like to preach to you today about a God who is a God of small things. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's a God of small things. There's nothing too hard for Him. So don't ever look around and think that you don't have enough. God can always make whatever you have to be enough. Don't look around Sanctuary Church and say we don't have the facilities that we need. God can take care of any kind of situation like that that we have need of. Don't look around and say we don't have the Sunday school space that we need. God's going to give us Sunday school space. Don't, don't you ever get the feeling like we don't have what we need. God's going to make sure we have what we need. What we have to do is be faithful to God. And I wonder if there's anybody that clapped their hands about that this morning. Do not despise the day of small things. God specifically wanted us to to get that down deep inside of us. And here's why. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. There's going to be days where all you have are small things. It's just the way it is. Anybody ever felt like, I thank God for the mountain. Anybody ever felt like you were up on the mountain? But how many know it wasn't a far trip to thanking God for the valley? It's not a far trip. And, and one day you can feel like you're riding high and the next day something has just taken your feet out from under you and, and you're saying, what in the world is going on? A couple things you need to remember. One, don't, we don't live in a dispensation now where God, where God um, always uses... Uh, of course, in the Old Testament, they use barrenness was a type, typically was a type of spiritual issue taking place in somebody's life. Now, it wasn't always the case. Sometimes God used barrenness because he wanted to produce a miracle in somebody. And, and from that, he's going to do something. You have, you have Samuel, you have Samson, you have Elizabeth in the New Testament. But, but by and large, people would look at the barren woman and they would say, there's an issue in your life somewhere that God has caused you to be barren. And uh, I'm going to tell you today that you need to be careful judging somebody's life by situations that they are going through. And you need to be careful that you don't judge your own walk with God by situations that you are going through. Please hear your pastor this morning. There are going to be days that are going to be dark. There are going to be days that are going to be stormy. There's going to be days you're going to be tossed on waves. And it's not going to be smooth sailing. But I do want you to understand that God will be with you. And you may be decreased to small things. The Apostle Paul was on a boat one time. He said, we don't need to leave this dock. And, and they said, no, 
the wind is favorable. We're going to go ahead. We're going to get out of here before the winter sets in. And, and here they go sailing. And as they're on the way, the, a storm comes along. Eurocladin, a terrible storm. And, and Paul uh, comes out on the ship after being in prayer. And he says, guys, I told you so. <laughs> I told you so. Um, he said, but I want you to hear this. Don't fear because the angel of the Lord was with me this night. And God said there's not going to be loss of any man's life. And so uh, when it was all said and done, they came in on pieces, but they came in alive. So you may come in on small things, but you're going to come in all right. God's going to take care of you. I'm just driving that home a little bit right now. God's going to take care of you. God's going to be with you. You be faithful to God, and God will always be faithful to you. All right? Now, Paul said, he said, I've learned some things in living for God. I've learned how to abound, and I've learned how to be in need. And I've learned that there's going to be good days, and there's going to be bad days. And I've learned there's going to be times when, when uh, it seems like ministry is going just just wonderful, and I've learned there's going to be times when they're trying to run me out of town on a rail. And they did that a few times. And he said, I know there's going to be people who are going to receive the word of God, and I know there's going to be people that are going to try to stone me. But through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've found a God who will make a way where there seems to be no way. Through it all, I've found a God who will take care of me. Now, I was... How many of y'all, how many of y'all, your heart sinks into the, into the pit of your stomach when you find out that you need new tires on your vehicle? Got a witness. Folks, I don't know what they're putting in those things these days. It's got to be gold. Because it is unreal what they're charging for them. So the other day, my wife was coming home from work, and I knew her tires, the tread on them was getting pretty low. And uh, matter of fact, I had gone to get them rotated, and they told me, uh, we can't rotate those. They're too, the tread's too low to rotate them. And so I, I, I knew they were pretty low. Well, she's gone to work the other day and leaving and, and gone to the grocery store and different things, and people were pointing at her saying, your tire. And she got home. She said, my tire's low. Well, I thought it was low. It wasn't low. It was flat. And and I went out there and, and looked at it, and there was a there was a nail or something in it, and uh, probably got it out there at that house. There's a nail in it or something, and and so I went in to take a look at it, and when that treads low like that, a lot of times they won't patch it, you know. And and so we we talked about it, and so long story short. Folks, pray for me. I just bought a new set of tires. <laughs> Thank God for Sears 24-month no interest. <laughs> and uh, so we went in and, and, and we, we took care of that. And uh, I'm trying to remember now where I was going with that, babe. Help me. <laughs> Small things. Just the small things will get in your tire every once in a while. <laughs> but here we here we were. Here we were. Having to having to put new tires 
on the vehicle and and uh and and it's 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 just days like this that cause you to be a little bit frustrated i don't mind telling you that that day i think this is where i was headed <laughs> that day i was very frustrated i was very frustrated and uh and that was that was one of those days when y'all know i already have a hard time i my feeling is if they put a horn on a car, they put it there for people to use it every once in a while. So if somebody would have come out in front of me, you know, I'd have probably laid on the horn pretty good on them that day. But I was frustrated, just things, you know, stuff that that that, that you got to deal with. And, and uh, so I went, I went to the tire center there at Sears and was getting all this done. And while I was there, while... Here it comes back around now. We're getting there. We're getting there. I know exactly now where I was. While I was there, I was sitting in their waiting room. And uh, by the way, those of you that have ever been to the church, my father-in-law pastors, Charlie, you've, this is the, one of the things that aggravates me about him. He'll, he'll follow a little rabbit trail like I just did, but he always remembers exactly where he was. I have to think about it for a little while to get back there. While I was sitting in that waiting room, there was a documentary uh, show that was on the on the TV in there, and it was it was a woodworking show, and they were talking about they, this guy was going to tour an old battleship, an old battleship called the USS Constitution, the USS Constitution. Now uh, that ship was commissioned and named by the first president of the United States, George Washington. He is the one that commissioned the building of that ship. He's the one that said this is the name that it is going to have. And um, this, would have been, this would have been in the early, very, very early history of our country. And so they built that. Do you know they built that ship for about $300,000 back then? A lot of money back then. Today, you, can't, you, 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 couldn't, you couldn't build... Uh, just one of the masts for three hundred thousand dollars, I'm sure. But they they built that ship for that, and they were taking this guy through a tour of the ship, and they were saying, "Here's the here's the stern, and and here's the the bow, and and this is this wood right here has been uh, we had to re re uh, we had to rebuild all of this because the wood had rotted over time, and and there's things here that we had to change out and fix and all that stuff but here's an original piece and here's an original piece but they they said let's show you something that the public doesn't get to see so they took him down into the very very bottom of that boat and while they were in the very bottom of that boat they were pointing out to him this is the original wood on, on the hull this is the original wood of this ship and I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought that's pretty amazing. You know, it's lasted a long time. But the thing that they keyed in on is what blew my mind. That here you have wood that's lasted all these years, and here you have all this historical artifact. But the thing that they really wanted, they took him way down there just to show him, was the copper bolts that are in the bottom of that ship that hold all of those things in place. Just those little, small copper bolts. And they said, you know, in the war of 1812, the British, who probably had the, the world's greatest navy at that time, 
the British were firing their cannons at this ship. And when it would hit the, the hole there on the side, and that, they would typically fire the cannons at the, at the hull of the ship, trying to hit it low enough where water could get in, they could sink the boat. They said when it was hitting the sides of that boat, uh, something was happening that it was so well made, it was so strong, it was held together so well that those cannonballs were hitting and they were just bouncing off. They were just glancing off the ship. And one of the sailors looked down over the side and, and said something to the effect of, she's old Ironsides, boys. Now, anybody ever heard of the ship Old Ironsides? Okay, that is that boat and that is where that name comes from. And so when they took the guy down there, they told him that story. And they said the reason that they called this ship Old Ironsides is because it held through all of that. But the thing that caused it to be held through all of that, it was not the strength. They, they did not, I'm sure the wood played a part in it, but they didn't attribute it to the wood. They didn't attribute it to the craftsmanship. They said these bolts were so well placed and, and these bolts were so important that these bolts held that ship intact through that tremendous storm. And I thought, my goodness, that's powerful. That'll preach. I ought to preach that at Sanctuary. And I thought to myself, isn't it true that so often it is the small things of life that have kept us through the most difficult times of our life? Now, I thank God for powerful services that have come along every once in a while. And I thank God for the... I can, I can go back in my mind and I can think of specific services where God did very specific things. They're high, they're high water points in my life. But I'm going to tell you what has kept me more than anything through my life and my walking with God and what I think your testimony would be as well today. It's not been all the, the few high water marks in times that I've had. That's not what kept me. Those aren't the copper bolts of my life. That may be the flashy stuff that everybody notices. But that's not the copper bolts of my life. Let me tell you what the copper bolts of my life that nobody else can see are. That has kept me through it all. Let me tell you what's kept me through it all. Knowing that I served a God who is faithful has kept me through it all. Just the knowledge that the God I serve, He is a faithful God. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I'm not ever going to leave you by yourself. You're not ever going to face a mountain that's too difficult for you. Knowing that I serve a faithful God has kept me in a lot of difficult times. Let me tell you another copper bolt in my life. Prayer has been a copper bolt in my life. And I don't just mean uh, altar service prayer. And I don't just mean Monday night family prayer. Though we need those. But let me tell you what's been a powerful uh, thing that has kept me. It's been prayer whenever it was just me and God. And I was by myself. And I was driving down the road. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to do. I need your wisdom. I need your strength, God. Lord, I just need to feel that you're, that you're going to be with me through all of these things and take care of it. 
Lord, I just want you to know that I'm putting this in your hands. just want you to know, God, that I, I understand I don't have what it takes to get through this and to deal with all of it. There's been some prayer meetings that me and the Lord had that became a copper bolt in my life. And they've kept me through some stuff. And when the enemy would try to shoot his cannon at me, it would just hit the side. And it may have rocked me. And it may have made me cause to, to reel to and fro. But I never went down because I had a God who was allowing me to be kept through those small things in my life. Nobody ever really likes preaching about fasting. It's pretty hard to preach about fasting. It, matter of fact, it... it, it it, it, to me, it, it's probably one of the most difficult things to get a church excited about is saying, hey, church. Now, we all love it. We say, hey, church, we're going to have food on the ground. Praise the Lord. October 11th, don't forget, we've got family fall fest, and it's coming up. And, and that's one of my favorite services all year long at Sanctuary Church. I love eating that fried fish. Mm-hmm. I love eating those fried jalapenos that Curtis has always make just for me. God bless them. And I love eating those funnel cakes columns. I'm telling you, it's awesome. And I look forward to all that. And I love seeing the kids on the bounce houses. And I love seeing some of y'all get on the bounce houses acting like you're doing it to help your kids, but you're really doing it because you want to get on the bounce house. And I enjoy the fellowship, and I enjoy the hayride, and I enjoy all of those things that we do. It is a wonderful time together. And, and we get to talking about that, and we get excited. But nobody gets excited about fasting. Nobody's excited about fasting. No one's excited about going without food, really. You want me to put the fork down, and, and you want me to not eat for a while? Please tell me you're just talking about a one-day fast, Pastor. Now, y'all... <laughs> Talk back to me a little bit. Please say you're not calling us on a three-day, or Lord forbid, a week-long fast. And I'm just like you. Those things don't necessarily excite me either. But I am going to tell you this. I found fasting to be one of those small copper bolts in my life. When it helped me get this under control. And it helped me say, I'm not going to allow this old flesh to lead me anymore. I thank God for every small thing that he has done. And I'm going to thank God for the house of God. Some people don't, don't, I mean, going to church has just become a, it's become something they do occasionally. But I'm going to tell you this morning, I thank God for this place. I thank God for this place. Uh, I, I, I need the church. I need the church. I'll, I'll never forget our last service uh, our, in, in Piercy when we were getting ready to go. Asher was nine months old, and, and we were having one of those great altar services and moves to God. And, and I went and got Asher. I was holding him. We were walking back and forth across the front of the church. And, and in my mind, I was praying, and I was saying, God, let somehow this, let him just soak this up a little bit. Because we're going to start a church, and I don't know how long it'll be till we can have church like this. And, 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 and you don't typically have church like that in a church plant for a long time. And, and I said, Lord, we, he's going to need this, and he needs to know what it means to be in a move of God. And, 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 and so I, I want to tell you this morning, I'm thankful for the church. For some 
people going to church is just a small thing. It, 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 to them, it may seem insignificant, but it's a small thing that's kept me. It's kept me. It's kept me. I want to thank God that I had parents who took me to the house of the Lord. I want to thank God. And all you college students can hear me for just a moment. I want to thank God that I had parents who made sure I got connected to a good church when I went to college. And they made sure I was there. And, and, and that pastor knew, if they're not showing up, you call me. That was what my dad told him. You call me. I want to know because I'm going to come line him out and straighten him out. He's not going to church. And, and that was a time in my life when I could have got disconnected. But I thank God for the church. It was, it, it was one of those copper bolts in my life, and it, it, it's kept me held. I want to thank God for worship. I want to thank God for worshiping the Lord. And, and to some of us, we may come in here and think this is just, oh, this is old hat. This is just what we do in a Pentecostal church. This is no big deal. Oh, you've got another thing coming. Worshiping God is so powerful. It may seem little to you, but it's such a powerful thing. And it's one of those copper bolts that's going to help keep you. And you just better go ahead and get some of these things down in your life because you're going to get hit and you're going to have to deal with difficulty. And there's going to be some hard days. But you're going to need to know that there's going to be something that's going to keep you together. Now, in the Bible, the the church has been likened as unto a ship before as well. And I'm thankful that the church, the body of Christ, let me tell you what's kept us. It's been some of those things that have kept all of us together. That's what's keeping this church together now. That's what's going to help us go forward is that we're we're building this church with little... With, with, with little copper bolts that somebody says, no one's ever going to see that. No one's ever going to... No, you, you don't probably know who's done a lot of things around here. But I thank God there's been somebody that's been investing in, and, and, and giving to the house of God. I thank God for every Sunday school teacher. I thank God for every prayer warrior. I thank God for every lesson that's ever been taught. I thank God for it when you've left and you've said, well, I don't know if I, did, if I got through to them today. I thank God that you were there. And I thank God that you were laying it out to them one more time because you just don't know what you've been doing to allow this church to be built in such a way that we will stand the test of time. It is amazing to me that we are in this place today. Folks, do you realize this church has not even been here five years This church hasn't even been in here five years. But when you walk in this place today and the presence of God is moving and things are happening, you feel like you're in an old established church around here because God's moving. I want to thank God. Let me tell you, that didn't happen overnight. That happened because somebody invested and said, I want to make sure that this thing is built right. I want to make sure this thing's built right. And when it's all said and done, you can call it sanctuary or you can call it old Ironsides. But I know this is the ship I want to be a part of because when I get hit by the devil, when he attacks me, when he comes against me, God's given me everything I need to make it through it all. I'm going to get through every storm. I'm going to get through every valley. I'm going to get through every trial. I'm going to get through every difficulty. I'm going to get through it because God will make sure God will make sure he's got this thing together he's holding us together you know in the early days of building that ship I can I can almost guarantee you that when they built that ship nobody went 
when, 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 they, when they brought it out and they christened it and they, they took the bottle and, and smashed it and said, this is the USS Constitution. And they, and they christened that ship. I can guarantee you, nobody was saying, wow, I'd love to go see those bolts. <laughs> wow. Nobody said that. You know what they said? Wow, look how big it is. Wow, look at the mast. Wow, look how intimidating that ship is. How many know I'm right? Everybody looked at it and said, wow, what a beautiful ship. Look at, the, look at the craftsmanship. Look at the woodworking that's involved in this ship. Nobody, when they built it, was talking about the small things. But years later, when that ship had been through battle, when that ship had been through storm, when that ship had been through weather, when that ship had lasted the centuries, they said, let me go ahead and show you what got this ship through. Woo! Let me go ahead and show you what got this ship through this. It was these little things that somebody took the time to put in it. And I'm saying, don't build your life without putting in the little things that are going to hold it together. You need to build your life with prayer. You need to build your life with fasting. You need to build your life with the Word of God. You need to build your life with worship. Build your life with going to the house of God. When everybody else says it's just a little thing, you say, I know it, but it's the little thing that's going to get me through my storm. Clap your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. It may seem little to you, but it was prayer that brought Daniel through a lion's den. It may seem little to you, but when Asaph said my feet had well nigh slipped and I was about to walk out on God, you know what Asaph said it was that got him through it all? He said, I went to the house of the Lord. I went up to the house of God. And when I got there, then understood I therein. He said, when I got to the house of God, my feet got stabilized and everything that was shifting underneath me, it all seemed to come together and I was all right when I got there. So somebody else can say it don't mean a whole lot. You try telling that to Asaph. Asaph said, if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have made it. It's a little thing. Why do, why, why, why do, you, mind, why do you call us out of our seats today to come up here and worship God and, and why would we do something like that? Uh, it, it may seem small to you, but talk to King David. Ask him what he thinks about worship. Worship got David through some very difficult storms of his life. It was worship that brought him through. It was worship that, that, that kept him and, and cultivated a relationship with God when he was lonely on the hillside taking care of his father's sheep. It was worship that got him through when his son died after his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. And they said, the boy has died, King David. And here he has been in sackcloth and ashes. And when they said, the child has died, David said, all right, I'm going to go get cleaned up. I'm getting, my, getting a clean robe put on me. He said, and I'm going up to the house of God to worship David said, I'm going to go worship the Lord because I understand that worship is going to help keep me. It was encouragement. You remember when, you remember when uh, Paul and Barnabas split company? Because, because John Mark had left them earlier when they were on a missionary journey. 
And he wanted to come back, join up with them. And Paul said, no way, no how. And Barnabas said, yes, we've got to let him. And, and, and we, we need to make sure we need to restore him. We need to, he, he's trying to get back into the work of God. And Paul said, once a quitter, always a quitter. You quit, you don't go with me. And the contention was so great between them that they split up. And, and, and Paul said, fine, you, you take John Mark, go that way. I'll take Paul and Silas and go this way. And they did that. And, and John Mark was salvaged and John Mark was saved. And later in Paul's life, he wrote and he said, send him to me. Send him to that man I didn't have time for. That gave up. Send him to me for he is profitable to me. Let me tell you what it was. That, that, that the small thing seemingly that brought John Mark through, it was encouragement. It was encouragement. How many of you ever came and, and, and rubbed shoulders with some saint of God and they gave you that word of encouragement that you needed to get through a little bit longer? It was the word of the Lord that brought Jeremiah through. He said, I wasn't going to say anything else. I wasn't going to say another word. I was done it was over. These people didn't want to hear my message. They, re, they, they would not receive it. They, they refused it. I was not going to speak the word of the Lord anymore. He said, but it was like a fire shut up in my bones. And I had to let it out. It was the word of the Lord that brought Jeremiah through. His, his frustration with people and difficulty with people that would not want to live for God. You say it's small things. I say it is the thing that is going to keep you. Now, there's been days where I've been very frustrated. And there's been days that I felt some of the same mounting aggravation that you've all felt. We've all been there. Can you say amen? Trying to think what, how I want to say all this. Because I don't want you to misunderstand me. Matter of fact, Tim, if you'd come back. Babe, if you'd get ready to sing here in a moment. I, it, it's, been, it's been tough. It's been tough. Days where I did not understand why, of all people, God was going to allow my wife to keep dealing with diabetes. That frustrates me at times. There are some days still that I get a little frustrated and say, God, I just don't understand why. I just don't understand why. Lord, we believe you. We've been praying. We, we, we've been seeking you. We're, we're doing everything that we know to do. And yet, we're still dealing with this. And, and, and I, don't, I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. But I've found that there's been some small things that have brought us through all of that. Been some small things that have brought us through all that. And there's been some small things seemingly to others, but I guess I guess in depending on how you view it, you could say they're a big thing, but but there's been some small things that have brought us through through sickness. They've brought us through loneliness. They brought us through times of questioning. Small things that, that babe, it was small things that got us here. 
small things that got us here. Small things that that helped us to, to trust God and look around today at all that the Lord has done. And it's not it's not because I had it so together. It's because small things got put in my life way back when. And I didn't recognize the value of them then. When I when I was nine years old, my parents were taking me to church. My parents were taking me to prayer meeting. I didn't recognize the value of those things. But now I look back. I say, oh God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, because it was all that that was that's bringing me through it all now. Ladies and gentlemen, I feel the presence of God in this place today so strong. I want to encourage you to make certain that you are not neglecting the small things in your life. Don't neglect the day of small things. Don't despise the day of small things. Don't think because nobody sees your time of prayer that it's not accomplishing anything. Yes, it is. Don't think because nobody's fasting with you that it's not accomplishing anything. Yes, it is. You're putting reinforcement into your ship. That God's going to use those things to bring you through. This is one of those services today. There's such a sweet presence of God. This is one of those services today where I would just like to begin to walk through the crowd. And say, would you just share with us one of the small things. Maybe back a little ways. That God has used to help you today. And all over the room would be testimonies from what God has done in the lives of people through small things folks we serve a mighty God Hebrews 11 and 32 is where I'll start I'm going to read through 40 Just give me about two more minutes. Now Hebrews 11 is such a powerful chapter. It is the hall of faith. Where the writer begins to list all of the faithful children of God. And all their exploits. And you get down to verse 32 and the Bible says this. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, Stop the mouths of lions. They quit. This sounds pretty good, doesn't it? 
quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. And others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. That's a pretty... That's a pretty impressive list of stuff that God did through some folks. I thank God for the mountains. But then you begin to read verse 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, all of them, the ones who were on mountains and the ones who were in valleys they all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect he ends by saying they're depending on us to get them all the way but focus for a moment on the first part of that of whom the world was not worthy. This world didn't even deserve them. This world wasn't even worthy of them. But they had something down deep inside of them that had caused them to be built in such a way. They said it doesn't matter if it's a scourging. It doesn't matter if it's mocking. It doesn't matter if it's being sawn asunder. It doesn't matter if I'm mountaintop living or if I'm valley living. I have something inside of me that's going to get me through it all. And I'm going to hold on to that. And I will not let go of that. I'm going to make sure that I get to the other side and I see my Savior one of these days. Now church, in this house today, I feel the presence of God moving among us. And I feel like God has sent me to sanctuary today with a word. To say, don't you dare despise the day of small things. When you think you're not accomplishing much. You just understand that God's putting something in you. That's going to get you through the other days. He's going to get you through the difficult times. You may only have a few of those storms. But you're going to need to be built well enough to get through those storms. And if you don't have what it takes. The devil will come. The world will come. And it will wipe you out. But if you're built right. You're going to get through this. And you're going to. One of these days. One of these days. Long from now, should the Lord tarry, or in heaven, they're going to say, hey, hey, did I ever tell you about Angela Smith? Did I ever tell you about David Smith? Did I ever tell you about Jerry Jerk? Did I ever tell you about Trish Collins? Did I ever tell you about Eric O'Connell? Did I ever tell you uh, about Dove Johnson? 
I ever tell you about Elizabeth O'Neill? Did I ever tell you about Andrew Thompson? The world wasn't worthy of them. The world wasn't worthy of them. But they got built so strong that when they went through their storms and they got hit from every which way, the devil tried, but he couldn't take them out. Because now I'm wanting to preach to a church today that says, God, help me to be built like that. God, help me to be built like that. That I will go through it all. Is there anybody that would step out from where they are today and say, I want to get down to an altar. I want to kneel before the Lord. And I want to pray that God would help me to be built in that kind of a fashion. That the testimony they would have of me one of these days would be the world was not worthy of them. The world was not worthy of them. Let's turn this house into a prayer meeting tonight. Let's turn this place into a place where we call out to God. Kneel at a chair. Kneel at the altar. He'll give you what you need to get through it all.